You believe in the human soul, don't you? Well, I guess I do. Tanner, this book is all about releasing the soul to renew its existence into another time and place. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion about uh, the previous episode, Voices in the Earth. Um, I, I know that uh, we had a fun conversation. Uh, we did not like that episode. Uh, I did order us matching uh, sweaters with those X's on them, like they wore in that episode. Like uh, I was going to say Ernest Borgnine, but Martin Balsam had, was wearing. So, so, so we could look like the coolest like uh, post punk band ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm going to tell people that that we're we're craft work. Is that's what all of us? Yeah, no, um, beeps and boops beeps coming and, towards you. Yes, right. Yeah, no. So everybody, yeah, welcome to Strange Highways, the anthology based podcast where we talk about most things Twilight Zone and other things as well. Uh, we have discussed the, the original series. We discussed uh, both seasons that were previously on Paramount Plus, but they're out there in the ether. Go find them. And now we're fast approaching the end of season two of the 80s iteration with um, the third of the last four episodes that I have been referring to as the gauntlet because I had watched these before Terry had seen them. Um, You know, uh, phase one was time and Teresa Golowitz. Terry was kind of like, you know, you know, there was some stuff to talk about. And he's like, okay, I can handle this. We got the voices of the earth. I think I almost killed Terry with that one. Uh, and now, now we're on to phase three. Uh, like this is like a ninja warrior when you get to like you know the like the, the elimination areas, right? Like the, the 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 what would they call it? The the curved wall or whatever, right? We're getting there, right? This I, is, I feel yeah. I could equate this more to Fear Factor at this point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what what part of the bo- the animal body do you think this we're, episode we're is? We're eating. It's going to be a bunch of wolf penis, is what it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> fermented wolf penis. Uh, yeah. So now we're into part three of the Gauntlet, uh, which is season two, episode fourteen, "Song of the Younger World." Uh, air date July seventeenth, nineteen eighty seven. That's also going to be the air date of our last episode of the season, the the girl that I married, or whatever it's called, or as I'm going to refer to as fa- like the the final phase of the Gauntlet. Um, so uh, number one song, uh, "Alone" by Heart. So awesome. Number one film, RoboCop. Even more awesome. Yeah, how um, cool is that? Right. Uh, Those are two things that you could have partaken in uh, that were probably better than us. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I would Maybe say our so. fans would yeah. not feel the same, but good so, lord. So I couldn't really find anything like day and date. There's a lot of like political stuff, and it's just like you know, it's all important. But I just like you know how I've been like kind of like wandering around and finding like different magazine covers. So this is I'm going to send to you uh, via Skype if you can see it. This is from Sports Illustrated. It's actually going to be from it's going to, July 27th. So it's like, um, yeah, 10 days after to, to, to like, describe what you see there. That's the cover story of sports illustrated. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say it's pretty badass. It's a pretty 
thought provoking about something within this episode. But um, yeah, it's Kinda, Sports yeah. Illustrated, like you said. Uh, the so it's it says beware of dog, like in huge, big, bold, white letters, and um, there's a pit bull terrier. It says um, it's a mean ass looking dog on the front of it. But he's probably a really nice puppy. Yeah, that's that's so, what I'm going to say, right? But then I also like uh, Sports Illustrated, and it's like the the cover story is this, you know, the, like it the 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 photo of this pit bull is easily two thirds of the cover, right? And then on the top, oh, yeah. and then the top right corner is um, what was it? Uh, uh, was Don Mattingly. No, it's it's Don Mattingly. <laughs> and it's like, all right, yeah, what, what, you know, I could I, Wade Boggs is also acceptable, right? Sure. Anyway, uh, so. I, oh, this yeah, is, I my my eyes couldn't focus in on the name well enough because oh, it is so small yes, compared to the rest for, of the font. Sports Illustrated, yes. I, I think um, that the barcode's almost as big as Don Manley is on this picture. <laughs> so. so, so I actually found this and clicked on it. it turns out there's um, a vault. It's called vault.si.com, and it actually has the entire issue available to flip through all 98 pages of it. And Ooh. and this story is actually like in like the final, like, um, 10 pages of the issue, which, so there's a lot of other sports stuff. Then there's this big expose about, uh, pit bulls. I didn't read it. I just, I understand that like, um, you know, that there's always like, it seems like every decade has like their, their dog that people were worried about. Cause I thought in the eighties, I thought it was Doberman pincers, pincers, right? I thought that was the big one that people were afraid of. And then like, what was it after that was like German shepherds. And now, now it's pit bulls. Right. And it's like, um, and it's like, I, every pit bull I've ever met is like the sweetest ham head of an animal, right? It does have this big mailbox head and just wants to love and they don't have a tail. So they, all they do is wiggle. Right. That's all like every yeah. people I've ever met has been the sweetest thing in the world. Yeah. I, I think that at, at this point now, and of course I don't have any facts to back it up, but, uh, I think that the, 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 the Dalmatian and the, um, the Chihuahua are the ones that people get attacked by the most. Like, even if it's at a small degree, like a Chihuahua is not going to do much to you, but at the same point, it's the one that's the most aggressive. Like, oh, so. and, and also considering <laughs> that like pit bulls were raised to be nanny dogs. Like the, I think actually they were raised to watch children. Like the, like, what was it Royal, like Royal society would keep them around because of like their, their you know, muscle mass and their, like their, their territorial and they're protective of their family. So like, you know, that does make sense. Right. So I think there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of nature, sorry, environment versus like nature. Right. So if these animals are raised in like in vicious environments and, and told to fight each other, then they're going to be vicious and attack people. Right. So I'm just saying the pitbulls I've, I've met have all been sweethearts. And, but yeah, the fact that sports illustrated did this expose and I just got to show you the last, one of the last pages for sports illustrated. This is one of the last pages in the issue. Uh, when I think of sports illustrated, I think of this and you can tell people what that <laughs> image is. Yeah. Some uh, really cool white guy smoking cools. Um, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Cool, cool cigarettes. and mild. Yeah, cool and mild cigarettes. K O L L. If people remember that. So, Sports Illustrated. You know, the the, the publication is supposed to be talking about all things of uh, sports and human achievement. Smoking ad in the back of it, right? So, well, well probably a lot of the pages show um, sports uh, uh, athletes that are like chewing, you know, tobacco and spitting all over the place. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just, you just see like um, what was it like the the eighty seven Pistons was running around with like the cigarettes hanging out of their mouth. I know I don't know, but uh, no, it just it was just funny because like you know like oh I, I just, 
I remember these days because I mean this was after uh, cigarette ads were pulled from TV, but they could still be in print media. And and, and and Terry, I know you're younger than me, but I know you're a baseball guy. Do you remember watching baseball broadcasts where um, the the cigarette companies would place like billboards and signage that would always be within like the first base camera area? So you'd see them uh, in the background. Like they like they would just make sure that they were shown on TV, that they were visible in the sight lines of like the the, the sports broadcast cameras. I don't know if you remember that or not. Like they're like, oh, we're not doing commercials, but if you happen to be at a sporting event and you're gonna see Joe Camel in the background, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, fields still have like a lot of that crap. Like right on like the left and right side of batters, you'll see advertisements for Office Max or whatever the hell they're trying to pimp out now. Progressive. Um but yeah, I just I just want to point out the fact here too. Don Manley, good player, obviously throughout his career, just overshadowed by the Pitbull story when he hit three twenty seven that year. <laughs> with uh, <laughs> what was with what was thirty the, home runs? Yeah. probably like one of his best career years. Um, yeah, I just want to see see that or say that like that cover story. More important than Don Manley, where Don Manley is taking up probably about two inches of space on that. <laughs> I just wonder it's what, the, what that, that dog's uh, on base percentage was. You know, like uh, like, uh, well, like, yeah, like male, he, male, he, male people bitten. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. He's getting gains, man. He's probably got a great slugging percentage. <laughs> yeah, right. So anyway, so that's that's your day and data. I thought people would. I thought you'd find that funny. That I'm just like that is because I just googled um, July '87. I did an image search, and that's when I get a lot of the magazine covers. And I was like, what is this? Beware of Dog Sports Illustrated thing. Um, I, I, <laughs> that's nice. I'm glad that we got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like there's one for uh, Esquire, and it has uh, John McEnroe on the cover. Uh, he's, um, looking very happy with like his wife and like a newborn. And, and the, here's the headline has love ruined John McEnroe, which is funny because we know him to be a very angry man. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, how, but how many broken, uh, uh, rackets are sitting around him and his wife? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> what's your son's name? Racket. Well, keep, keep him away from him. It's fine. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> how big was his hair in that picture? I mean, um, that was always, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I would say, I'd say, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'll, you, you be the judge. You, let the audience know. Um, I'll let, it's it like, you know, for eighties, I think it's actually pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, all oh, things it considered. is reasonable. He looks like Bob Saget. <laughs> that picture, like full house era. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, now yeah. that's the sitcom I would have watched. Um, just, uh, <laughs> just John McEnroe living in a house with like, like, like many generations of families and him just being like the, the dad that has to like take care of everything. And just him losing his shit every episode. I would, I would watch that. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> It would be I what, think that's what know. people come to John McEnroe for. Like, you know, he was even in that movie. Uh, what was it? Wasn't he in Anger Man? I think so. Something? I've not seen that, yeah. but I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's kind of, he's made it a point that he's leaned into it, you know, like, and that's fine, whatever. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so there you go. The 80s. Uh, weird times, right? At least we had Robocop. Uh, yeah, that was the number one film at the time. So, so yeah, um, that will be the, the most positive things we'll probably say here in this episode. Uh, Terry, let's get into um, um, uh, stage three of the gauntlet with uh, Song of the Younger World. Uh, let's get into who did what here. Okay, so our director on this is uh, Noel Black, who we talked about not that long ago. Um, he directed the segment To See the Invisible Man, which we both came uh, away from that pretty satisfied by that episode yeah I would say. A, a good concept and he you know treated it seriously so yeah um that, that was you know it wasn't my favorite of the, of the season but it was solid 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely worth the watch. I would say um, you could do worse. Uh, we'll we'll put that on the side. Well, because it was the same thing. episode that what was it that what was it the shaft or whatever was the elevator with the two brothers going into the warehouse and they just I think it was called the elevator. The not elevator, the- <laughs> not not the shaft. I don't know. That's a different. I guess that's a different show. <laughs> Yeah, that is uh, that's part of a different discussion. That's Twilight um, Zone after dark. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yeah, we have two writers credits on this. Uh, a married couple, I believe, unless there is just coincidentally the same last name. But yeah, Anthony, no, they're they're yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're husband and wife. Yeah. So Anthony Lawrence and Nancy Lawrence. So they both uh, participated in writing credits on this. Um, Anthony uh, otherwise did two episodes of The Outer Limits and a bunch of episodes of uh, Bonanza. And then Nancy, uh, so this is the only episode that she did but as a as a writer, but she has 11 credits as a producer for this series. Yeah, so this is a little, little weird. We'll talk more about him and then get into what they did together. So uh, uh, Anthony Lawrence did not think of himself as a writer of Westerns. So when he was hired uh, to script a horse opera, which I think is what that's funny that they call Westerns, uh, he focused his writing on relationships and character. Uh, one day while on the set of Bonanza, uh, was it um, producer David Dordort told Lawrence he wanted to do a story on each of Ben's wives. The screenwriter enthusiastically replied, let me do it. I can kill off at least two of them. Um, Lawrence thought he would get thrown off the set for saying this, but instead was given the task of becoming the writer who scripted the story stories with Ben and his wives, all three of whom died. So he like was able to like trim out cast members or whatever. And I think it's funny. He's like, I'm going to make a joke. And then he's like, Just go with it. So then um, he ended up getting hired to write a uh, movie, Elvis Presley movies. And he said, my agent called me up and said, would you consider doing a movie for Elvis Presley? And I said, who's Elvis Presley? I had no <laughs> idea at the time who he was. I'd never heard of him. I wasn't a rock and roll fan in those years. I'd grown up in big band at the big band era. Um, you know, I was a, a popular song enthusiast as well as a singer. I had done some singing, had some training as a saloon singer. All right. Interesting life. And has, you know, and, and when I went down to meet the producer, I was a little bit overwhelmed because I'd never heard of Presley. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. As it turned out, I rewrote a script they had, which turned out to be uh, roused about, which is from 64. And then I did two other, two other films later on. They were good, but I remember I was on a week to week contract and every week at the end of the week, I'd pick up my pencils and go home because I figured I was going to be fired. <laughs> This guy, you know, work for hire, but didn't he didn't think he was going to be around long. So anyway, he and his wife, Nancy, they were co-creator and writer on a TV series called The Phoenix. Um, you have you have probably seen the image of this TV show because it is the early late 70s, early 80s at AF, as the kids say. Uh, it looks ridiculous. And well, actually, you know what? I sh- since I keep showing you images, um, let me see. Oh, no. Um I, th- I think I can find it quickly. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. No, anyway. Uh, so, um, but yeah, if you look up images of this, it looks, it looks like this like guy that's very, um, you know, it's like, imagine like Starman if done in like the seventies, like, but this was oh, like yeah. early eighties. Yeah. You cool. see this, right. It looks, it looks cool. Sure. Um, here, here, here's the <laughs> well, tagline. It looks like he has an arc reactor in the middle of his chest. <laughs> yeah, it does. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then, I mean, it powers his hair. Uh, so, uh, here's the, the, the byline I found on like IMDb. It says an ancient and powerful human like alien is pursued on modern earth while he searches for his long lost partner. And it only lasted one season, surprising nobody, but, but yeah, if you've this image, I've seen this image like of him, like when he's sitting, like, you know, was it uh, cross leg or whatever you would call that? Um, you know, like, and 
I, I've seen this image before. I didn't realize like that was a TV show, but yeah, they were co-creators on that. So that's what uh, I have they, for her. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the great actor that is Judson Scott was on it, man. Uh, well, I haven't, haven't seen anything with Judson in it in a long time. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks like I, I'd be like, I want to watch this. I don't want to watch this. Uh, but I, 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 I would, I would watch like a supercut of like at moments from the series if somebody wanted, you know, if someone found that. But anyway, so that's what I have for our two writers. Um, so I thought that I just like that. Uh, uh, was it um, uh, Anthony's whole thing about like, yeah, I was just making jokes. Thought I was going to get fired, and then it's like, also, who's Elvis Presley? Thought I was going to get fired. Yeah. Also, yeah. we made uh, Starman like before Starman, and it's like, and it wasn't good. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I will also say too that this is his only writing credit and uh, same thing with Nancy. So I, you know, maybe he was just at least uh, excused from the rest of the series. So it's weird that that TV series, which you see the images of is from 82. And then you think about Carpenter Starman, which was from 84 and they feel like they are in two different decades completely. That's crazy Hmm. to me. Yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, that's what I have for our creators or writers here. So um, I don't know if we want to get into the actors. Yeah. So uh, uh, our cast started off here with uh, Peter Peter Kowalko. I think it's Peter Kowalko. 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 Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Kowalko. Yeah. So he plays Tanner Smith. A lot of easier to say. Um, He was in uh, Amityville Horror, the Amityville Horror movie, Amityville 3D. Um, Yeah, because everybody was at that big fad uh, at that time. Uh, in the decade where it's like everything had to be 3D. I mean, they had the Friday the 13th 3D film. They had the Jaws 3D film. Every there was the a third installment had to be 3D because it, it wrote itself, right? So that was the whole thing. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, why not capitalize on something that already was kind of popular in some regards? Mm-hmm. Unless you have a spatial problem with your eyes, like I do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> but and then he was in uh, the cinematic classic that I know that you love, Solar Baby. Yeah. Uh, just uh, so like yeah, uh, we get to talk about solar babies again, again, just yeah. a different podcast. Yeah, if, um, <laughs> if you want to, uh, you know, if you want to get the the other Deloise, uh, and yeah, goddamn that movie's so bad. Uh, it's like. It's like um, someone's like, hey, you know what would be pretty cool? What if we did Mad Max, but we did it shittier and with roller skates? And they're like, no, 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 no. Can we make it even shittier than that? They're like, I don't know. How much shittier can we make? It's like, well, here's the budget for how shitty we can make it. It's like, just shoot for the moon then. We're going to make this as shitty as possible. Yeah. I'm just glad that I'm able to provoke you to have a conversation about solar babies again. Again. In your, in your, uh, in your, uh, career as a podcaster. Yeah. So, yes. I just always, I was You're always welcome. waiting for the, the sequel, uh, solar persons, like when they all got older, but we never got that. So, <laughs> so um. solar, solar sin- citizens, yeah, so. solar citizens. And now, yeah, that's what we'd have now since they're older. Like, yeah, they would, <laughs> and they don't, they don't roller skate, but they definitely have some, uh, walkers with wheels on them. So, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, next is, uh, Paul Benedict, uh, he plays Hokey, which, all right. Sure. Um, so he was in this is a uh, this is Final Tap, two hundred and two episodes of the Jeffersons, and the thing that I recognize him from, uh, he was in the Adams Family film. Yeah, he was the judge. 
Yeah. So like, <laughs> so yeah, he was best known for his role as Harry Bentley on uh, the Jefferson's, which you mentioned. He played this role from the series inception in 75 until 81 and then returned in 83 and remained until the end of the series in 85. His character was a well mannered Englishman who lived in the apartment next door to George and Louise. Uh, so also he was um, in, what was it? Uh, 81 episodes of Sesame street as the mad painter, which I don't recall that growing up, but that's cool. Uh, like he has a very recognizable face, uh, you know, like yeah. you, yeah, there's another person in here. We're going to get to at the end uh, that has a very recognizable face as well. We've talked about him previously. So yeah, yeah next here we, we have uh, Jennifer Rubin. Um, she plays Amy, uh, Hawkline, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember her, her last name ever mentioned, but, yeah, so it's Amy Hawkline. Um, she was in the 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 film about the doors, um, and then she oh she was in a, something called Bad Dreams that I've heard bad pin, opinions about. Uh, you've talked about it, um, <laughs> but the thing I wanted to bring up, and most importantly, is she was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. And the fun fact is that it came out on this date today that we are recording in 1987. So today is the anniversary of its release. Oh, so we're recording this on uh, February 27th. So we're actually recording. I know we'd like to keep it a little time. Well, yeah, no, but I mean, but that's, I didn't realize that we were actually recording that on the anniversary of the release of Nightmare 3. That's cool. Um, Yeah. So, and and the fun fact, uh, the other fun fact about her is that we will probably be able to get the discuss this episode with her because she's coming to Cleveland uh, here in April. So. Yeah, like a part of me, part of me wants to, but part of me is afraid, like, it's not afraid to. I just want to be like, because uh, we're going to get into our conversation about this. I don't, I don't think she's the problem with it, but I don't necessarily think she, she, she was failed by a lot of this, you know? And yeah, yeah so um, I don't think anybody comes out of this looking pretty good, except for our next guy we'll talk about in a second. But uh, just because he's just, just, he's awesome in everything he does. But, um, yeah, like we mentioned, I think I mentioned bad dreams before on uh, the show here. It came, I think it came out the same year as nightmare three, uh, but or shortly thereafter. Cause they were trying to chase the nightmare on Elm street thing. And, uh, yeah, her, her, she's the lead in that. Um, the movie's not very good, but I, I think I've mentioned before, there is a sequence where somebody takes their hand and jabs it down on like a Rambo style survival knife. That is horrific. Like the practical effect just made me squirm. And I have to give that film credit where credit is due. And then also the, the major villain, I forget his name now, um, plays a character that was a cult leader that set fires, set fire to his house and killed everybody inside except for her as a kid. Um, that actor, a very well-known character actor, um, actually at one point early in his life was like, um, burned, like his whole body was burned up. So he actually knows what it was like to be set on fire. And he actively chose to take a role in which the character set himself on fire. So I don't know what that says, but it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I still have to get to it at some point just to be, you know, somewhat of a complete. It's not unwatchable. I'm just, it's just, you just wonder really like, what's the point of it? You know, like it's yeah. not, it's not the worst movie I've seen, but it's like, it's trying to sell, it's, sell itself as like, you know, like, Oh, the film's called bad dreams. And it's like, and you know, like you, you know what they're trying to go for, but the, the, the script itself really isn't that, I don't know. It's not, it's not the worst movie. She's okay in it too. Um, but well, it, yeah. it might not be the worst movie, but another film from her career might be uh transmorphers 
fall of man. Oh, 2.1 2.1 on IMDb. So I just I didn't even realize that she was in that. And now that you said that that makes me feel really sad. Uh it's, I mean said some questionable things. I, I despise the asylum as a uh, production house. And I I think I've talked about this before on the show and if not tuck it everybody. There it's one thing, you know, like say what you want about uh Full Moon uh, or Dark Castle like they like they like they make schlock However, earlier, I mean, I don't know about Full Moon anymore, but like even like back in like the late '80s, early '90s, their direct-to-video stuff looked pretty good, and they they had a sense of humor about them, and they they knew what they were aiming for. They're aiming for like um, drive-in level, like you know, goofiness, right? And there was a quality to that. Um, and like Roger Corman, there's a lot, like, you know, like there's still at least skill being put in to make this stuff and they weren't fooling themselves what they're doing. The asylum, the people that started that actually learned under Corman how to make films cheaply, but they didn't learn to be like, you know, you could also try to make them good too. Right. Like there, like there's nothing stopping you from actually trying to give a shit while making these films. Um, and so they started chasing the Mockbuster, uh, which a uh, Transmorphers was one of the first ones. And as a production house, they really didn't catch hold until a certain video chain that I worked for started like stocking their movies because they were cheap and because people are idiots when they come in and be like, oh, do you have that new Transformers movie? It's like, well, no, we have this. And then, you know, these poor kids, like the, the grandmas and the aunts and uncles are renting this shit for their kids, right? And it just took off. And because yeah. Block, Blockbuster gave them enough footing to just put out pure shit. And I just, the asylum pisses me off every single time. Um, cause everybody like the, the Sharknado stuff, it's just, I don't know, man, that's a whole other discussion for another day. I think we've talked about that too, at length of like, there's something where a movie's it's not good. It's, it's bad, but you could tell there's like, honestly, something trying to be done there and you appreciate the effort. I've never once felt that the asylum ever actually cared. And they always were aiming for the lowest common denominator. And there's just some people out there. If that was, if that's what they want, that's fine. I would say one, you deserve better. And two, like maybe if you want bad, there's other great bad out there, not the asylum. Yeah. Yeah. The grab of like labeling things so close to the original title too, like transmorphers, like, we already know what that's trying to aim for. Well, but the you, other you, thing... That did you see the sequel that was supposed to... So in the Asylum series, so you got Transmorphers, right? And then the second yeah. movie, uh, the second Transformers film was called, what was it, uh, Revenge of the Fallen or whatever. So they... Um, uh, or Rise of the Fallen, right? So oh. the, the, the second tra Transmorphers film was uh, Transmorphers, uh, what was it, uh, Rise of Man or some Like they were even trying to ape the titling structure. It was, you know, it was stupid. Just so stupid. So yeah. anyway, I'm glad I, pr I, I'm glad I proofread my notes before I write them down sometimes. Cause I was about to put uh, a certain film down, but realized it wasn't pulp fiction that she was in. She was in plump fiction. So I just <laughs> like, like, well, okay, well, whatever. I'm not going to ever begrudge somebody getting a paycheck. And especially if, yeah, I mean, she, uh, she, and especially she as, okay. yeah, well, I mean, my goodness, we're, be, we're like, you mentioned that we're going to be here in Cleveland. We're going to be going to, uh, um, a convention that, you know, it, that it's heart and soul is a uh, drive in like exploitation, you know, fun. Right. And like, there's a lot of people, like there's, there's a lot of celebration of like, Hey, you, you know, like the, I don't know, like, so she's being celebrated for, you know, for the things she's been in. I'm not going to fault her for taking a paycheck, you know, like just, right. you know, and you know, 
that's fine. It's just that I guess I get frustrated where those are the only opportunities for like for these things to happen. Right. So yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know why I'm giving a nuanced take about the asylum, but I, as nuanced as I can be, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I credit you, my man. Um, you're yeah. really turning over a new leaf. <laughs> yeah. <But> yes. <laughs> but yeah, next year, uh, an actor that you were kind of hinting at, uh, Robert's blossom. Um, we had talked about him at a previous, ep- uh, episode. It was, uh, the burning man that mm-hmm. we covered. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that, but I mean, people would know him as like the old neighbor from home alone. And of course, Christine, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, I mean, I think he, he is the, the bigger selling point to this episode because he leans hard into the character. It was just, it was weird seeing him without facial hair and also looking like he took a shower. I was confused by this. <laughs> um, and not a back brace on. Yeah. Uh, not a back brace on, but like even in the burning man, he looked like he was just covered in filth the entire time. Right. So like, it just, you makes you wonder, it's like, Hey, Hey Roberts, can you come in? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you need me to roll around the dirt? It's like, no, 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 not this time. He's like, no, I can do it. And so like, no, no, like he, so he shows up on set for this one. And it's just like, okay, I'm ready to go. It's like, somebody get a hose for Roberts, please. You know, like, no, he, like he looked like just, you know, like he looked, you could, you could recognize him, but he did strike a different like, um, figure here, you know, how rigid, and you know, just uh, uptight and puritan, puritanatical, puritanatical, whatever, puritanatical. I can't say it, it, just you know, stick up his ass, religious, can, like you know, uh, whatever. So he he understood the assignment. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, yeah very much so. But yeah. and then next year we have uh, Vincent uh, Repulse. Uh, Repulse. I'm sorry. Um, he plays Buchanan. This was his only credit. So yep, that's that's all I could find. I don't know. There was like a couple of cops or something in this too. So I was kind of curious, like where, who are those guys and why didn't they get, uh, you know, any other credits? <laughs> um, I'll be honest. I honestly didn't write those down. So either I, I just started like, you know, by the time I got to Robert's blossom, I'm like, can I just please stop writing about this episode? I don't know. But, uh, so, so yeah, uh, anyway, uh, so good news, Terry, you'll be happy to know that, um, this isn't for, we have, with the next episode, there is some Charles Aidman narration, which makes zero sense at the end of that episode, um, as we've come to expect from Charles Aidman. This is the last, it, like last um, intro that we'll have to deal with him for the like for the rest of the run. Because after this, when it becomes a Canadian production, somebody else becomes the narrator. So, are you excited okay. that we're um, getting past uh, Charles Aidman? I guess there, I guess there is a positive in this negative. There, I mean, there is always a talking point to uh, what he has to, you know, narrate in as the intro and the outro. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of a bittersweet thing because it's like there was there was so ridiculous. There were so many ridiculous things that were said, but that's like that at least brought some flavor into our discussions here and there. Because sometimes we covered things and it's like, woof. <laughs> yeah. So let's at least talk about that, you know? Yeah. So, all right, let, let Mr. Eadman uh, uh, introduce his last introduction to a Twilight Zone episode. Meet Tanner Smith, circa 1916, disciple of a young writer named Jack London. Tanner Smith, now consigned to what is affectionately known by the Bowery Boys as the Ref, a grim sojourn into solitude, despair, pain. And sooner than he knows, a curious corner in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Anyway, so um, 
let's just get into this. Let's just get into uh, Song of the Younger World. It was a little confusing to me at the beginning where we were in terms of like his station um, and like where, like, because it looked like a farm or whatever. And it turns out it's actually, we find out a little later, it's actually a reformatory. It's the House of, House of Refuge Reformatory for Wayward Boys. And he is like one of the lowest of the lows there. The people that you're referring to as like uh, cops or whatever looks like they're enforcers on the grounds, right? That's the vibe I get. Um, but he's basically like a, a farm hand or a stable hand. And he looks like the knockoff version of um, Dawson from Dawson's Creek. I'll just put it there. And um, he has a very, very, very dumb face. So that's not has nothing to do with the story, but his face never changes. So that's my first statement there. Um, but he... Like there's only one girl here, evidently, and that's uh, what was it, uh, Amy? I think that's what's her name. Yeah, yeah, Amy. yeah. And she's like, you know, tending to a horse or whatever, and then he just starts coming over and trying to to mack on her, you know, and it's really awkward. So, Terry, what were your thoughts about him just being like, uh, like, do you like books or whatever? I just like it was a weird conversation. It, it was it was very strange because he's skulking around, like you know, he's pretending like he's working, he's watching one of the guards. And, like, the guard is watching him, and he's like, well, it looks like he's harmless. Whatever goes and takes a smoke break or a piss or something like that. So, and it's like, of course, Tanner's just like, ha-ha, now it's my chance. And he goes over, and he he approaches her in such an awkward way that he, like, he walks into the doorway, and then she doesn't seem to notice him yet. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to get a little closer, and I'm going to pet the horse while you're petting the horse and not say anything yet. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like until she finally notices him, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I like your hair. Your hair is real shiny. Uh, you know, <laughs> like he's just so he's so creepy. He's, like, he's mentioning, he's like, oh, I think I see you like reading, like, or I see you at the library. She's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, I like to read books about wolves. And then he ends up saying, oh, boy, I'm not wise. And I wrote my notes. Nothing truer has been spoken. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you got, yeah. And you got no game. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way he's talking. It's like you could almost take anything he's saying and put it in the, uh, the mouth of Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons. You're like, yeah, that tracks, you know, like um, so. And then at, like they talk for a minute and it's like you could tell he's like, you know, smitten with her. And and then we cut to his room where he's do, like cutting out pictures of wolves and putting them up on his wall. Like, you know, I understand that this is like the early 1900s. Like, you know, uh, you know, like, it, you know, and I guess in our time we would have like the Ferrari poster, like Michael Jordan. But now he has a bunch of clippings of wolves that he has up there. So, um, yeah, that's weird. The first one looks like a werewolf too. I was yeah. like, that thing looks pissed. So, like, if he's trying to harness the energy of a wolf, he's not doing a very good job. Other than just like again, like skulking around and almost sneaking up on women. Yeah. So, so the the episode it, it kind of plays with time a little bit. It's like it's not it like things move along pretty quickly, but we don't get a good sense of it because after that yeah, first like, meeting, there's no real timing here. Like yeah. as far as like. It, just, know, it jumps from them kind of talking and then suddenly like they meet in secret, right? Like, and now that they're kind of, they're kind of like into each other and Amy hands him a book and, and he's like, Oh, it's the new Jack London book. And then he's like, so excited that at one point he's like, Oh, I love wolves. He's like a wolf mates for life. Amy, I'm like, calm down, dude. Like she just, Jesus Christ, man. Like, you know, we get what you're saying. I don't think you get what you're saying, but calm down. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, just like for the, for, for what you're trying to express, you are leaning hard into the, yeah. I want to mate with you for the rest of my life. Like that's, 
that's what you're saying to her. There's like, no, he's like, there's you, no dancing like, around. It's this, like, dude. you know, uh, male wolves uh, mark the territory by peeing on them. And she's like, what's that have to do? Oh God, Tanner, what are you doing? No. So, uh, <laughs> He ends up handing her a pendant that he first claims it was his mother's, but then immediately he's like, nah, I stole it from a drunk person and he has to be honest about it. So, so I wrote my notes here. So the two things we know about Tanner is that he's a thief and he loves wolves. And I wrote boyfriend material, exclamation point. So, um, yeah, he likes stealing things. And he loves wolves. You know, I guess maybe in this day and age, like there'd be like dudes out there be like, yeah, he's like the, he's that alpha male, you know, he's getting that, uh, putting out that energy. Um, so, you know, whatever, like they, I think they start to kiss or whatever. And that's when, uh, uh, Robert's blossom catches them kissing. And he, um, he just credit, credit to him. Just beats the living shit out of Tanner with his cane. I like, he goes for it. I'm like, you go, you go Roberts. I thought that was awesome. No, yeah, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't as a viewer, I should be more sympathetic, but I'm like, no, you do it. You, <laughs> Mordecai, well, there's you no hit confusion him. about what's going on here. It's like the, what are these, you know, I mean, what he considers uh, uh, somebody who is unclean for his daughter. I mean, like he's calling him all these different names and like saying things that are relating to like a sinner or things that are, are relating to the Bible. It's like he thinks he's unclean, mm-hmm. and he already knows. Like, look where I look where I work. Look look at this place. This he's not good. He's not. You know, it's like, and she's already knows that. He is entering into the whatever this is, if it's a relationship, under some weird false pretenses, you know, like, oh, here's this shit that was from my mom. Not really. You know? Yeah. Like, uh, maybe that guy was drunk, but I'm I'm the pit pocket, but I'm okay with it, you know? And you should be okay with it as well. It's like, because I'm professing my love to you. I also just want to believe for as big as this reformatory is and that Mordecai is in charge of, right? And his daughter lives there on the grounds, right? Which is not uncommon. Like, I know... um, you know, and like uh, there have been, um, and like I, you know, I took a tour of uh, what was it, the Mansfield State uh, Prison here in Ohio, where the Shawshank Redemption was filmed, and they actually showed us the warden's uh, living quarters that had like different rooms for his family to live there as well. So, like, you know, that's we like it, that's not that's not uncommon, right? That's a common practice to keep your family there. Um, I, my question to you is, where are the other boys that are there? So it makes me want to believe if you watch this, this segment, if people watch this episode, just go on just watching it and just thinking about like, what if Tanner's the only guy there and there's like five guards and her and Rob and Mordecai. And it's like, all he can do is if he looks at her, he just gets the shit be out of him. That's a way funnier story for me. If he's just the one <laughs> person there at the reformatory. Uh, I mean, yeah. it very well could be. I, we like, yeah, again, you like you said, like they couldn't even hire on like a few, like, people to be in the background as you know even when we had the one episode about the kid that was telling stories a storyteller i think it was called there's all those extra kids in the scenes yeah. it's like set it up a little bit more yeah, can you, because can you, i you could have even had a scene where he's talking to one of the other boys and, and like they're they're ribbing him about you know his love of wolves but also being like hey you can't talk to amy because you know her father like that's like that's against the rules like you could have had a brief sequence like that that would at least set up a little bit better understanding of what the what the taboo was not that we didn't get it but you could have had a little bit of that. I think it would have been fine. Well, and I mean, if Amy is the only one on the grounds, I hate to be that guy, but if there's a bunch of young boys around, something may happen. There is a, there is a possibility. And oh, if, for sure. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, especially I mean, if it's this a, facility is able to take chances, those are really dangerous odds. Yeah. 
No, for sure. I, I agree with that. So, but, but the other person that we have there, which I also makes me feel that like, it's never explained why he's there other than being like a groundskeeper. I just want to believe that Hokey is also one of the other boys that just never left the reformatory. Um, so uh, Hokey of all the names, I, I, I want to call him Hoagie, but I, I know that's not right. Um, so we find out that like uh, the Mordecai eventually tells Amy that if he catches her with Tanner again, he'll kill him. Hokey tries to help Amy at that point, but she calls him a broken down old man. I'm like, you know, Amy, calm down. Like he's trying to help you. Um, you know, even though he's now like, it's almost as if I, uh, when I went to, went to um, wardrobe and that guy was getting dressed and everything and Robert's blossoms came in. He's like, you know, you want to look like a dirty old man. I could help you with that. And then they just went and took the actor Hokey and just rolled him around in the dirt outside. Um, and then Blossom's yeah, like, I give him my approval. A rope around his neck too, or yeah. something like it was, Weird. his wardrobe was very odd. Yeah. So then he, uh, then Hokey goes to Tanner. And, and so there's that sequence too, where Tanner, we see that he, you know, has these bruises on his back. Um, I'm going to send you, this is going to be one of the screenshots that I'm definitely going to put out for the week. I'm just going to send this to you, um, without explanation. Cause I think it's amazing. Um, let's see here if I can open this up real quick. Uh, I'm gonna send this to you via uh, Skype. This is this will be probably be our Wednesday image. I'm just gonna present. I'll I'll put that up there for you to see. Oh come on, paste. There we go. Come on. Um, all right. One I think second. you should just use the Cools ad. Um, the Cools ad. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, I'm going to check out Tanner. He likes wolves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, this is the image that I paused. It's just the way that every that's just the way that everything is framed uh, there. And that pause is like, it's so wrong. Um, here, it's come uh, technical difficulties tonight. Yeah. Th- this is going to be the image probably for okay. our Wednesday post. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a good, not uh, not yeah. good framing. I'll just put it that way. It, no, it's not good framing, and it definitely could be taken out of context. Absolutely, um, and that's why I love it. So yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, it definitely yes. looks like uh, yeah. Hoagie Look, is looking at. Well, no, it looks like Hokey's uh, Hokey and Tanner have a special relationship. That's what I'll say about that. Yeah, so, we'll just leave it at yeah, that. So, so people, yeah, we like, don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, everybody, people. look forward to to like the Wednesday after this episode's released, and if you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> I like I, I know I'm not always best about posting things on our social media, but I will make sure this gets posted on social media. Don't you doubt it? Uh, one second. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. All That's right. part yeah, that part is. of the reason why I love doing this show, not just for the conversation with you and getting into these episodes, is that some of the uh, unintentional comedy that I just think I don't know about you. Like sometimes I just see things. I'm like, what did I just see that? And I like catching some of these weird freeze frames. I, I, but yeah. Anyway, so um, so yeah, Hokey's trying to help Tanner in more ways than one, um, but. Yeah. So then, uh, at the later on, he's like, Oh, I got to find Amy though. And it's cause we, we also time kind of moves forward and we find out that Amy's like spending more and more time her evenings in this library looking for something. And then, and then after, even though Tanner knows that like Mordecai will kill him if he goes to Amy, he's like, I have to see her. Tanner's an idiot. He's a, you know, an F an idiot goes to the library. Just buy your time a little bit. Like, dude, you just got, almost stomped the F out. Like, like just yeah. relax. Yeah. Like I sure. Right. So then he, he goes to the library and then Amy uh, shows, shows Tanner a book. And I like the line, perhaps the oldest book in the world. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know that? You know, anyway, so, um, the book states that if you stare at a series of lines on a page that it's presented, like basically it's like this whole thing of like trying to give you a focal point and then you can like, you know, it will help you, uh, visualize, 
this doorway and then through that doorway, you know, your, your mind and body can go to someplace else, right? Like the, and, yeah. um, and, it, and this is know. actually a real book too. It's called the I, the I Ching. Hmm. Um, it's an ancient Chinese, uh, like it's an ancient Chinese book about, um, to, uh, if you look at these hexagons and these shapes and that, that somehow that you'll be able to ascend. Mm. It's, it, it's really interesting, but yeah, it came out in, around 1000 bc and uh yeah it's so it might be the oldest translated yeah (laughs) yeah well it's called the book of changes okay Um, that's its english name all right cool so because i wanted to see i wanted to see exactly what they were referencing and that was one of the notes i found i'm like well why is that far more fascinating than anything else that's going on in this no, for sure. And I'm glad that you actually did that research because I, I did not. So thank you for bringing the, um, you know, making this podcast uh, credible. I appreciate well, that. Well, I thought, so. you know, at first I thought it was one of those eye exercises books. I've never seen <laughs> like, I don't you, know you're if you've staring ever seen at them. it and it's like, and then she's like, all I see is a sailboat. Like, I don't know what's going on, right? Like, you know. <laughs> it's dirty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because uh, what, I mean, wasn't that the joke with Mallrats where uh, Ethan mm-hmm. plays characters like, I don't see it. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and every time I see those things, uh, I I feel attacked because I can never see the image. I I can eventually, but it's it's not you know it's one of those things you got to learn how to like relax your eyes a little bit. But it's not it's not. Some people can do it quickly. I have a hard time with it. But yeah, anyway, um, so. So yeah, she's talking about this and, and she keeps trying to be, she's being very straightforward with him about what this thing does. And Tanner, Tanner's like, I don't, what are you talking about? But like, I want him to be like, what's this have to do with wolves? Like, I want him to just be like, I'm sorry. I could only talk in wolf related topics. Um, but so, uh, he, uh, what was it? They hear somebody coming through. He hides or disappears something. We get her staring at the page and then suddenly an archway does appear and it gives a scene like it, it, it Cause like pushes through this archway and you see like the outdoors and like this forested area. Um, and then as she's staring at it intently, Mordecai comes in to try to talk to her. And then, and then Amy just turns in his and growls at him. And it's just like, Whoa, what happened? This is so stupid. So stupid. It, was, it was one of the dumbest things I've seen mm-hmm. on this show so far. Like, I just like, what the that, hell that, is that going says on? a lot. Right. Like yeah. considering that we just, what was it? Um, was it two weeks ago? We talked about time and Teresa Golowitz with the dumbest ending I've ever seen in a long time. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess when we keep saying dumb, like dumber things, dumbest things, like we're talking about this series, I don't know, man. It's like it, the pile grows, <laughs> you know, like it's getting to the yeah. point where it's, it's hard to pick one thing, but yeah, her turning it like a growling at him. I was like, all right, well that was, that was a bit much. Anyway, so well, and I, yeah. I will. I'll, I'll, I have to lean into the idea that this can't be the only way to escape because it seems like they have quite a bit of anonymity in this place. And it's like I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I know uh, Andy Dufresne's struggle of getting out of Shawshank. This doesn't seem like they had to go this far to figure you know, out. You know what would have been no a, probably what would probably have been a pretty good way out? The goddamn horse <laughs> that they had there in the stable. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Maybe. Yeah. Um, whatever. So yeah. Uh, it's I just like the idea that they are living in this encampment mm-hmm. doesn't really, it doesn't sell well, because I don't see anything to like, so uh, the thing like, cause we like later on whenever, uh, Tanner's like, we could just leave. And then she's like, no, he'll find us wherever we go. Um, I mean, there's, there's some truth to that because, uh, women, 
uh, were property. They're considered basically property at that time. So if they're leaving and trying wherever they go on, if he has enough influence, especially if he's like in charge of the school um, or this reformatory, that means it's probably like, like a government position. He probably knows people. So in terms of like where they go and whatever state this is for the year it is, um, anybody could like pinch her and because she's basically property. Right. So I understand that, but we don't even get the chance for them to try to escape by other means, you know? So, right. and, um, but yeah, anyway, so Mordecai takes the book, starts ripping it up, burning all the pages and then like, um, you know, whatever, which that doesn't explain what we get to later, but sure. Um, then what was it? Uh, here we go. What was going on? I lost my notes here a little a second. So they, after that, um, Tanner has a dream of a wolf and he wakes up and says Amy's name, which, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just like, even though we know where the story's going, cause you've seen it already. It's just like, man, you really are like the, you only have like, like three interests, right? Like stealing wolves and Amy, you know, like, so mating for life, <laughs> mating for life. Yeah. Um, yeah. so they end up meeting outside. That's when Tanner tries to convince her to run away. And that's when we just talked about that. Um, and then, and then she's like, the only way you can escape is through the book. And then Tanner, you know, um, he's like, doesn't understand. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, I, you know, I'm pretty sure you were, um, like touched in the head before you got beat, but I don't think the beating helped you, sir. You know? So, um, Amy, ha somehow she ends up having later on, she ends up having the page with the lines on it, even though we never see her rip that page out whenever she growls at her father. And it, you think that if she would have did that while he was watching, that he would have made sure to get that page, whatever, doesn't matter. Overthinking it. Um, she ends up telling Hokey like, Hey, um, you know, I, I have a plan out, make sure that Tanner gets this. Um, oh yeah. Cause wasn't at that point, that's when Tanner also gets caught by the guys. Right. And he gets thrown in the cell. Right. Where he gets like, um, yeah. he gets trussed up like a burrito or whatever. Well, no, yeah. it, it, it isn't quite to that point yet. Yeah. I don't think, um, because he, yeah, he goes back. No, he goes to visit Amy and Amy has already, uh, told Hokey that yes, that's he, right. He, he needs, he needs to read this page because we also see that while um, was it, what the hell is Robert Blossom's name? Mordecai. Uh, Mordecai. Okay, I, which I forgot to mention in my credits, and I'm sorry about that. But anyway, so yeah, Mordecai is sitting there ripping all like every individual page out of this book. Like mm -hmm. he's pissed enough that he's like, I'm gonna burn each individual page. Yeah. <laughs> but Hokey, Hokey is able to like look and watch on at what he's doing. So my uh, assessment is that that. Hokey went in while uh, Mordecai wasn't looking and grabbed some of the pages maybe. because it looked like one of them was burnt. Yeah, that's and true. That maybe, maybe that's, maybe you're like, you might have a keen eye. I, I had already checked out halfway through the first time I watched this. So the second time through, I was really already kind of like, you know, like anyway, so, yeah. so she, so basically she's pulling like a Romeo and Juliet thing where she's like, Hey, um, you know, I, I'm going to leave. I, I, I know I can, my, like myself can leave here, but it might look like I'm dead. And then she's telling Hokey this and he's like, but like, but if you look dead, won't your father think you're dead? And it's like, good, you know, Hokey, you know what? Good question. That's, that's a right. That's a good, that's the right question to ask. Right. And then she's like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. It's like, oh, cool. Glad you got this all figured out. Yeah. So I'm that, not yeah. sure what's going to happen, but I know that I'm going to have to take this shot because Otherwise, there's no other option. So just go ahead and give this thing 
to Tanner and say, hey, read it, you know, explain it to him, and then, you know, whatever. But then we fast forward. Yeah, just the, the morning. Bit. And then the morning that, like, whenever Mordecai, sorry, Mordecai finds, no, um, Tanner goes to find her, right? And she's yeah. dead. Sorry, not dead. Just her body, whatever, right? And that, that's what happens. He ends up going to go into Mordecai's uh, uh, office or whatever, his den, and he picks up a... Uh, I, I wrote my notes like, does he pick up the orphan hitting stick that he was used earlier on Tanner? I don't know. Uh, but he goes, yeah, to, well, he has a few options there. He uh, does. Maybe it was the Tanner beating the stick, t- stick, but <laughs> he picks it up. It's like, it's like wonder boy from the natural. It is his Tanner with a lightning <laughs> bolt on it. <laughs> it still has a lightning bolt on it too. <laughs> yes, yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Robert's Blossom hits it with them. And then like the lights burst behind him as he's doing it. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, it's everything's in slow mo. Yeah, it's um, yeah, but dude, Ro- uh, Mordecai is like, dude, he's on it. That dude jumps out of that chair so quickly yeah. to confront him to per- to confront his would be murderer so fast that there's no chance that uh, you know, Tanner even gets one hit in. It's yeah, like old man strength too. He holds his own until the dudes show up, right? To take Tanner. Um, and where the hell are those guys yeah. at? Like they just like they drop down like ninjas yeah. at the very last moment. I, there, there's a film that I know you've not seen because I know you're not um, an Andy Samberg fan. I don't think uh, the Hot Rod. And there's a bit where he's fighting his uh, his stepfather, who's played by all uh, Ian McShay. And there's because he sneaks up on him because the whole thing is if he can if he can win a fist fight with his uh, his stepfather then he'll be considered a man. It's a whole thing, right? But at one point, he, like Ian McShane turns around real quickly and starts beating the crap out of A.C. and Burger. He's like, "Never sneak up on a man that's been at a chemical fire." Like, like <laughs> 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 so that's the vibe I get from Robert's Blossom, where he's like, "I've been waiting for the day when an orphan comes after me with my own stick, or whatever." So yeah, shitter, uh, <laughs> shitter. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's whatever. That's whatever. That's what Tanner gets trussed up like a burrito, because uh, it's supposed to be like a straight jacket. But there's no jacket part of it. They just, they just, t- they just. Yeah, he's like, like lace them up good or whatever. Yeah, it looks like a corset. Like, They're like, yeah, it's just like this. This the school for reformatories for boys. They clearly have a cor- corset lying around. They just truss them up. You're like yeah. swaddle that mofo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure he's nice and snug, and he'll sleep. Not, he'll sleep good. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, that's uh, at that point um, we end up having Mordecai by himself reading the Bible, the book he doesn't burn, by the way. And credit to Robert's Blossom, him and his own self like conviction about like what he must do. And as he goes over and grabs a gun, we know his intent is to go and kill Tanner. Um, and that's when uh, uh, Hokey shows up and was talking through the the bars of the door and tells Tanner like what's up and then he makes the most magical throw which we don't see on camera but the page lands in front of Tanner's face and that's when Tanner starts focusing on the lines right and he uh, is trying to focus and see the um, doorway right the archway but as that's going on uh, Mordecai comes down to go after Tanner and Hoagie gets in the way and then um, Mordecai just shoots him right I'm like Hoagie didn't deserve that you know justice for Hoagie um, and then he goes and looks through the bars and we see Tanner, you know, <laughs> there's that stupid effect of like light hitting his face and he escapes through the gate. Right. And that's it. His spirit escapes through the doorway. And I think Hokey's still alive at that point. Says something to, yeah, to with like his dying breath is like, they're together now yeah. running where you'll never find them or some crap. Blah, blah, and it's blah, like blah, something blah. very poetic. And yeah. it's like, <clears throat> yeah. <And> it, <laughs> It's, I, all right, so 
as much as Mordecai's character leans into the religious part, wouldn't you think, what is this deviltry that's going on? And he just blows him away anyways. Like, what's why? why is this the moment where he's like, geez, there's some weird crap going on. I guess I'm just going to back up slowly from the door. Yeah, like, that, that's true. I mean, you, like, you're you supposed to get the whole thing of like, I was wrong the entire time. Um, you, if you have that amount of conviction, well, one, realistically, he would have killed him. He would have killed, he, you know, he was already threatening to kill Tanner. Had he already found out that his daughter was dead, um, like after the attack, they would have just killed him. There would have been no, yeah. like there would have been no hesitation, right? He would have had his men just, you know, just beat the shit out of Tanner and kill him. But with this, it's like, I don't know. It almost, you feel like he would double down and be like, well, you know, like God will judge him or whatever. Right. And then well, that, just, that no, is the devil. And he yeah. just like blows him away. Like I just, yeah. I, I just find it. That is the more, I mean, all of this is obviously fictional and it's supposed to be hard to believe, but his character is probably the most believable in this. And he doesn't like he fails his character at the end. Not him, but the, the writing. When you say believable, like the most like, yeah, we've met these kind of people that it does not matter the amount of um, evidence to the contrary. They will not shift their conviction. They will they're there. It's like um, the term now is like that uh, evangelical, like fundamental, like just that complete like you like, I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm right type of thing. Like, you know, like that kind of conviction. Yeah, like it would almost be a sadder ending if he just was like, didn't believe anything other than what he's like, you know, the word of God, you know, yeah. supposedly. So, but, but no, so that's yeah. not our last scene, though. Oh, no, no, Terry, let me, like, I'll give you the honor of, we talked about, you said uh, her turning and growling at uh, Mordecai was dumb. Please, please tell everybody what happens next. Uh, you have the stage. So we go to an open forest scene, probably something closer to like a Yosemite or something like that. And we see two white wolves running around and sniffing everything, kind of soaking up the, the environment and that. But we focus in on the one wolf that is wearing the, I guess you would call it like a brooch or a the medallion. Pendant. It's the pendant it's from earlier. Pendant. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing that he stole from a drunk guy to give to her and she's wearing it. And it's like, what? <laughs> like that somehow that was a, like your consciousness went into these animals, but somehow that piece of the real world came with you yeah, as well. You, you, you that left, is you, stupid. You left your physical body, your soul, your, your being went into this doorway and escaped, yeah. right? To, like and you, you took both, the souvenir. You, you both became, <laughs> you, you both became anamorphs. You both became wolves, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, um, like like Tanner didn't keep his stupid goddamn haircut as a wolf, which would have been amazing if had that been like you know the ending. <laughs> his overalls, like. his overalls, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, his Oshkosh pagosh or whatever, right? So uh, now and then, but the fact that like she's wearing the pendant, I, I, um, I just like so. I've, I've talked about this like these last four episodes. I watched all the same day. And like my, my vitriol was going higher and higher and higher. And I'm just like, you gotta be effing kidding me. Like I was so mad. Slow clapping. You were slowly hitting. Oh, I was just so mad. I wanted to take an orphan stick to this episode so much. So, um, yeah. 
And my notes and are not in, my, in that in that moment too. We get an outro from Aiden. So. Yeah, and it's like it's so stupid. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, we went. In, I can't believe we've been talking about. Well, we had a half hour leading into our half hour discussion about this. So Terry, uh, any other uh, thoughts about this episode? Because uh, I just you know maybe maybe um, I don't know. I, I I get the intent, but it just feels like it makes the wrong decision every opportunity along the way. Yeah, I, I would say that this was not a good episode, uh, and it's in in it, it, its delivery and its script. You know, it like just the, the the some of the line delivery here too. I just there was a lot of fails, but it definitely isn't on Robert Blossom. Like he is the the oh. shining part of this. Yeah, and not even like even say it was Jennifer Rubin. Like I don't think she does a bad job here. No, I mean, I just, but, I mean, you know, but she she doesn't carry this as much as Robert's Blossoms does. Yeah. I mean, she should be the heart of, I mean, I guess Tanner should be the heart, right? But, and I'm not saying that she does a bad job with this. She does a way better job than Peter uh, Quanco, right? Um, uh, but, oh, yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to like dog her there. So, pun intended, I didn't realize I made a wolf comment. Um, so, <laughs> so if you and I get the chance to talk to her about this, I, it's just going to be like, yeah, we record a podcast about it. She's like, can I listen to it? No, do not. Don't do that. Please, please don't. Don't, please do, don't. don't well, do that. Well, I mean, even then, she'd probably be like, eh. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to gauge her um, her, her um, reaction to it. But, um, but I would say, like, the, the other thing, too, that if I had to change anything about this, it at least would have made it not end so bad for me. Like, in, like I, I just giving Robert's Blossom, like, Mordecai, the moment that he wanted to take this dude out, but then, like, realizing that even in murdering Tanner and even, you know, because it kind of would have been justified too, because it seems like at that point, what he's taking away from it is that Tanner is the one that possibly murdered his daughter or Tanner was the reason that she, she committed suicide. So give him, give him that moment of like resolution. Like, I'm going to take this dude out, but it didn't do anything. Or like, know? even like, what about like, he goes into the cell or goes to the cell and it's like, and then like the, the straight jacket's empty, uh, and the piece of paper's there. And he like, you know, he looks out the window and sees like the two wolves staring at him and they run away. Even See, something that like that. that, that- it wouldn't track though because they had to find uh, Amy's body. To yeah, realize. I know. It might, yeah, look at me trying to fix this thing that's broken. But you know, like something, <laughs> even something like that. I don't know, right? Something more of like, like oh, they're free and they're they're now free to do what they want, and you can't yeah. control them. Like you know, something like that. Like there's there's a way you could have threaded this needle and made it better, and none of this none of this worked. You know, and, it, um, it could have been better, but not good like that's the thing i think that there are, are too many problems with this to even kind of like pick up the pieces and make it better than it was yeah so like they're like and maybe we'll get to it at some point i'm not trying to ruin one of the stories uh but uh, the original um pilot film for night gallery is uh, a gentleman that's actually in an art museum that he finds that he's able to there's um, a certain painting that he stares at long enough and then he finds himself like in it like a relaxing, like this beautiful Lake Vista or whatever. And he just like keeps escaping into it. And I forget something happens where, um, he, something happens and he runs back into the museum trying to find that painting. And he's like begging to be put into that painting and he ends up in a painting, (laughs) but it's a dark museum. So he picks the wrong one, you know, like, so there's, there's that, um, like there's, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, Rose matter, the Stephen King book deals with like escaping through a painting. Like, so like, like an image, like that focus, like, 
I'm not against the idea of like having something that, you know, you uh, get transfixed on. And I'm sure there's many other way better examples to talk about that. Like that kind of like, uh, you know, actually, you know, what's a better example somewhere in time, the Richard Matheson uh, story, uh, bid time farewell. It's the movie that with Christopher Reeve, maybe we, maybe we should cover that as, um, as one of our uh, detours. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? I mean, yeah, it's no, the film with, I, I have not seen it, but it has, Christopher, always, uh, has Christopher Reeve in it. Um, and it's like, yeah, he somehow was able to mentally convince himself to go back in time. And he does it, It's a, it's more of a romance, uh, but it's a, it's a cool movie. Right. So yeah. I thought, um, I thought I was watching that the one night, but because you recommended it, but I watched time after time. Um, well, that's the Jack the Ripper one, right? That I need to watch. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you did a pretty good, you made a pretty good choice. So <laughs> I, um, well, I mean, you know, it, it was close enough as far as uh, time travel and yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, so like the idea I'm okay with it, just the, the, it's just everything. So, like, so I guess I'm putting it this way. When I've already presented to you the gauntlet, um, uh, patent pending, sorry, not patent pending, copyright pending um, for these episodes, we went from time and Teresa Golowitz, which was just weird and gross, right? And then we go to Voices in the Earth, which was just bad. And to this where it's like, I don't buy these characters. And the ending just, it just made me so mad that you put a pendant on a wolf. Like watching those back to back to back. And then the one we're getting to next week, I'm going to not say anything about it. Um, I don't know where <laughs> I know we normally do like the twist rating, but I know we, I've been trying to do like the sigh or like pain index. Are we ready to do that? Are we ready to rate that, um, frustration with us? You ready to go with that? Yeah, I, I, I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So normally it's one through five, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> this one gave me a five on frustration just from, from the jump. And then at the ending, I was just so goddamn annoyed with this whole segment the entire time through. I, I'm going to have to go with four. I, it, cause I think I gave last week's an episode of four and I don't think this is any worse than that one, Fair but enough. it's still bad. <laughs> like I was just like, what in the hell is going on? At certain <laughs> parts of this? And I'm like, so you're, you're now 75% of the way through yeah, the gauntlet. Have, it. <laughs> have, have I lied so far about it being like one, one thing after another of like, what is going on with these episodes? I, I don't think I've been wrong about yeah. this. Yeah, I yeah, I I think you're on par so far. So, um, I'm glad that we're still so, friends. So it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're still friends. So we'll see how that goes after the end of next episode. Maybe that'll be the last episode that we ever record. I have no idea, but uh, I'm kidding. Uh, so it was a good run. It was a good run. It was a good run until the very end. <laughs> like, could could how would you feel if like we would have done private channel? And then these other episodes, like in a row, you'd be like, Paul, why do you hate me so much? Right. At least, <laughs> at least shelter, like was shelter skelter had something to, to chew on. Right. At least we had that, like at least something, I'm not saying it was a perfect episode, but at least there was something there. But my goodness, it's like, I'm always like, why is the twilight zone? Like, you know, like why did they keep missing with it? And why did they like almost want to cancel it? I'm like, I don't know. Did anybody with eyeballs watch this? Like, it's very challenging. Well, so why did they want to punish their viewers? <laughs> yes. They're like, we're just going to give them absolute garbage. Garbage. Yeah. 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 Like, um, you, did, did you like the series? Well, wait until you see the yeah. last few episodes. Oh, like, did, did you like your dick getting kicked in? Oh boy. Howdy. Do we have some dick kicking for you? You know? So, <laughs> so dick. Kicking. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> you know, the other thing, so like, I, like we both have the DVD set of this and I, and I kept crossing my fingers for like the last, uh, four 
um, ep- the last three episodes was like, please don't be a commentary. Please don't be a commentary. Cause I'm like, I don't want to watch this a third time. You know, like this is one that I might put on if you're around, if we have other couple people with us just for them to be <laughs> like, what is going on here? That would be, that would be fun in that instance, but I would, I don't think I'd ever revisit it. Um, I, I think there's a good amount of episodes where we could put them on and people are just going to be like taking a sip of their beer and they're going to be like, look over and like, the hell are we watching? Yeah, like I, I, I would have no problem um, like surprising our wives with this and just watching their reactions. And they, pro- you know what? Knowing your wife, she'd be like, "Well, it was very nice of them. That was a sweet episode." And then she tried to find the good in it, and I'd be like, "Get out of my house!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, we do we do not see eye to eye on certain uh, films that she enjoys, and I'm just like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, right so, all right. Um, all right, let's just. Uh, that's that's the discussion there for Song of the Younger World. Oh my goodness! Right, at least we're almost done, Terry. We're almost done with the gauntlet. So, Song of um, the Younger World, too. What is that title? I have no idea. What is that? I don't know. It, that sounds like um, like it sounds like a poorly translated Japanese RPG uh, that was been uh, over here in the U.S. I don't know. So, all right, um, let's just uh, before we talk about what we're doing next. Uh, everybody, you can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. I promise everybody that image I sent Terry of uh, Hokey and Tanner will will be posted. It's amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. set a set a reminder for yourself. Oh, I will. We, I will make sure it's uh, yes. masses need to enjoy that one. Yes, um, if there's any enjoyment from this episode, it's that image. That's that that one image by itself. Uh, the, you, you can email us directly at uh, strangehighwayspodcastgmail.com. Um, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. The more the merrier. Even with things like this, I know that I knew that Terry and I were going to have a fun conversation because um, I need the sweet to go with the bitter. And I hope you all appreciate that too. We all appreciate you taking the ride with us. With that being said, Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're still on Instagram, folks. Uh, check us out on there. Uh, give some of the pictures a like, whatever. Some people don't do the Facebook thing. Follow us on there. That's always going to be helpful for us. Um, you know, it's just another tool in the bag. And uh, I, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but um, we were more recently on our friends podcast. Did we not mention that last week? I meant to. I, yeah, if I forgot, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Then yeah, we yeah, were on. Don't sleep on that one, folks, yes. because um, they're doing like a month of vampire movies, and we were discussing um, Lost Boys with um, at the Devil's Ball. So they just released another episode in that run of yeah, vampire. They films. just covered um, the the original Let the Right One In, which is a great movie. Yeah, um, oh, uh, so good. Know, so yeah. yeah, give those guys some love. Um, they've always been uh, very courteous to us and and bringing us on for their discussions. Yeah, I thought I thought we mentioned it last week. Maybe maybe we did. I'm I, sure I, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I, no, just, no, I just um, want to make sure yeah. that I reiterate yeah, that you know, some episode. People, you know, um, drop in. Yeah, 181, the Lost Boys. It's uh, Terry and myself, uh, Samuel and Nathaniel and uh, Jen. And we had a really fun talk in that episode. So yeah, some, check it out. some people were just waiting for Song of the Younger World. So they were like, oh, you know, I'm just going to drop in for that episode. And yeah. So there you go, folks. Uh, yeah, listen to that. Listen to those guys. Listen to that episode specifically so you can really hear, hear the warmth that we bring to that discussion. It's, al- it's almost <laughs> the opposite of this discussion anyway. So, uh, but there was some opposition there. So at least we got to have a little bit of back and forth. So we, that, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, go check that out. Um, let's just get into what we're doing next. And now Mr. Serling. All right. Um, wow. This, this, uh, season, uh, ended abruptly for us considering how long the first season was or our discussions anyway. Uh, next episode is season two, episode 15, the season two finale, the girl I married, or as I refer to it, part four of the gauntlet. 
Um, yeah, Terry. Um, I don't know. I have a feeling this one's going to just annoy the piss out of you. So let's put it that way. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to talk to you about this. Um, there is some interesting trivia about the writer of the episode, but yeah, I'm not going to say anything else. You just got to get to it. Everybody should get to it. Whew. It's been a ride. Yeah. Follow us for the rest of this journey because we will still be there to mm-hmm. comfort you at the end as well. Yeah. And then <laughs> after that, we're going to, we're going to do our season two uh, uh, review and wrap up. I, th- I think we'll have a guest on the show as well that has also been uh, choking all of this down with us. So at least we'll have a little bit, we'll have a third voice involved. So, yeah. Um, yeah so, well, uh, and then p- people, please also like sit in your thoughts about the season. If you watched everything or whatever you've watched, let us know your thoughts. Like we would like to get your, uh, well, we'll talk more about this at the end of uh, next episode, but because we'll have kind of a breakdown in terms of what our, what, what we're going to discuss yeah. in terms of like top, bottom and mid, um, well, yeah, people should also like, we, I would like to get some other people's lists, you know, like yeah. no, no judgments, yeah, I don't some want, judgments, no judgments, a little bit of judgment, but yeah, yeah I don't want to be living in a vacuum here. Like give yeah. us your recommendations. <laughs> Terry doesn't want to be living in a vacuum, but we've definitely, these last three episodes have sucked anyway. So yeah, that's going to do it, uh, for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Um, have a better week than this episode. Um, you know, um, escaping in books is good. Um, I don't know. I, I got nothing else. Like if you're going to be a wolf, you don't need to wear jewelry. You're beautiful the way you are. I like wolves. Hello! I'm cold and there are wolves after me.